excited about that. But I just wanted to put some word in you first because you know me. I love to teach the word. So praise God. Um, let's just declare that our hearts are ready. Y'all ready to receive the word today? You ready to go to another level? Ready to let God talk to you? Yes. Deal with you? Yes. Ready to, to do better, be better, and have better? Amen. All right. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. He has anointed me. To hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better. I'm about to know better. So that I may do better. Have better. And be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I am becoming everything the haters say I can never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap somebody high five and say, new level. welcome packet, raise your hand. If you don't have a welcome packet, and your clipboard, of course, is so that you can follow along and uh, write without having a clipboard. Okay. clipboard? Okay. No? Right. Anybody else need Where's your welcome packet? I have to deal with you every week. 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 I'm going to check your work after church. <laughs> It'll have every blank filled in. With some extra notes in the margin. He lets me, he's all right, y'all. He's all right. He lets me play with him like that. I said, how are you, Ms. Irma? Good. Good to see your face. Love you. <laughs> all right, y'all ready? All right, well, we're in incredible breakthrough this year for the entire year. It's the year of incredible breakthrough we've experienced. How many of you would say that you've experienced some breakthrough this year? <clears throat> Whether spiritual, emotional, mental, uh, married somebody really great? Got <laughs> to <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you> church. <laughs> Got a new car. <laughs> really, really, really great. Great year of breakthrough. Amen. <clears throat> so, got a new church. I did say that. I said new church. Yeah. So it's been a year of incredible breakthrough, but God said that it would be the beginning of the year. And that's why we've stayed on this topic all year long is because, you know, you have, you have to stay focused on what it is that you're wanting to receive from God. Because just because that's the will of God that we'd experience breakthrough doesn't mean it's going to automatically happen. The will of God is not automatic. The will of God is not automatic. The will of God comes to pass because we use our faith. Yes. And so the promises of God are received by faith. So incredible breakthrough is going to come to pass because we use our faith. Amen. I showed y'all my whiteboard that I had scriptures written all over it last year about November. I said, I am coming out of this. I am going to have a breakthrough. That was around the end of November. I had no idea how close my breakthrough was. Wow. It was December the 9th that I met. You know who. <laughs> Amen. So breakthrough is God's will for our lives. So we declared every month would be we'd write a new chapter every month. So let's see who can help me finish all these. We said it was Jubilee January, Favored in February, Miraculous March, Amazing Life April, uh, Momentum May, Just Do It June, what was it, uh, Jehovah Jireh July, Apple of His Eye August, Stretch Out September, Overflow October, we prepared for an outpouring, and this 
month is New Levels November. So we're stepping into those new levels. You know, this is the time to really step up into that breakthrough and step up into that new level. And so let's look at new levels. Number one, Paul talked about constantly pressing towards a new level. He said in Philippians 3.13, he said, Brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on towards the goal. Underline that. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So we have to keep pressing towards the goal. That breakthrough that you've been declaring, you've been wanting. If you haven't received it yet, what do you need to be doing? Pressing. Keep pressing. Well, that's all it used to be. We said, got to keep pressing on. Got to keep on pressing on. Don't back up off of it. That's the time you feel like giving up is the time that you need to hit the gas. Spend more time in the Word. Spend more time speaking the Word. You know, this week my serious XM radio stopped working, and I was coming back and forth every day. That's a half hour at least, if I miss traffic, coming just one way. And, you know, first I was kind of bummed out about it. I'm like, wow, I'm going to do this time. And I'm like... You know, praise God that thing went out because it gave me more time to seriously pray, yeah. more time to be confessing the word. It gave me more um, secret place time, right? More secret place. I was like, okay, I'm kind of glad. Maybe I won't get that thing turned on anyway. I, who wants to hear the news right now anyway? It is frightening. <laughs> Terrifying. So praise God. You know, um, it's, it's good to have more time, you know, to press into those new levels by speaking and declaring those things that we want. Rather than what it is that we're seeing. So um, in Isaiah, God declares that he's about to do a new thing. Isaiah 43, 19, he says, I'm going to do something new. He's a God. He says, I am God and I do not change. This is what Tamar was saying this morning. I am the guy and God and I change not. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can count on him always being the same. But he will do a new thing. Amen. So look what he says here. I am going to do something new. It's already happening. We have to be ready for something new. Because you know what? Sometimes we don't like change. And we get into the rut of our habits and the rut of our daily existence. And we don't leave room for the new thing that God might want to do. Yes. In us, through us, and for us. So we have to be ready. God, do something new. He says it's already happening. Don't you recognize it? See, on the other side of the veil of this flesh is the spirit realm. Yes. While we're in the flesh, we can't really see it. But it's just more real than you or I are right here in the flesh. Because the spirit realm is the eternal realm. It'll always be there. So just on the other side of this flesh, there is the eternal realm where stuff's already happening. Amen. Praise God. Your breakthrough is closer to you than it's ever been. It's closer than you think. Tell your neighbor, hunch you put your elbow and say, come on, it's closer than you think. Don't give up. It's closer than you think. It's on the other side of the veil of the flesh. It's the spirit realm where the spirit of God is, where the holy angels are. We also that's where the demonic forces are on, in, in that side. There's a, a battle going on all yes. the time. A battle for your breakthrough. Battle the angels against the demonic force that come against you. But how many of you know, I was reading last night about the, the angelic forces and how many of them there are. Oh my gosh, like a hundred million plus thousands and thousands was what I read. I was like, oh my gosh. And so no matter how many there are, because only a third of them went with with, uh, with Satan, we always got them out number two to one. And God ain't never going to lose. Praise God. So if you could see the battle that's going on in the spirit realm, and when you begin to speak the word, you could see what's happening. 
Hallelujah. It's closer than you think. Praise he God. He said, I'm all, it's already happening. Don't you recognize it? I'll clear a way in the desert. There's nothing that can hold back here. It look, might look like a dry place in your life. It might look like there's no hope for it. When you look at a desert, you can think nothing's going to grow there. He says, I'll make rivers on dry land. Amen. God can do anything. So let's get an agreement that God wants to do a new thing. He wants us to go to another level. Amen. Amen. So even though... We've had breakthrough after breakthrough. There's more that God has for us. All right, so number one, a new level is possible. Amen. That new level is possible, and it's right here. It's right. It's closer than we think. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. See, it's going to come to pass because you believe, because you put your faith on it. You speak those things that be not as though they were. Yeah. You know, when you read Chronicles, you read four chapters of genealogies, and then there's another, like, six chapters after that of genealogies. Just genealogies. Nothing but this one beget that one, and that one beget this one, and this one beget that one. It will put you on it. If you can't sleep at night, go to First Chronicles chapter 4 or chapter 1 and just read. You will be sleepy trying to pronounce those big old names, them crazy weird names, trying to trying to pronounce them, and then and then just it's just boring. But when you get to chapter four, verse ten, this one guy pops up, and his name was Jabez, which Jabez really literally means ouch, because his mother bore him in pain, so his she named him Jabez, which means cause pain, which means ouch. So every time they said his name, it was, hey, ouch. Hey, you hurt me. Come here. You hurt me. Go get them goats. Jabez means ouch. That's what she named him. But he pops up and says, there's got to be a better level than this. Got to be more than this for my life. So then Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And this next verse is so important. So God granted him what he requested. So we see people from from uh, chapter 1 all the way to chapter 4, and from, from verse 11 of chapter 4 all down to, to all of chapter 11, Unremarkable people. Mm -hmm. Just their names are mentioned. Mm -hmm. But this man pops up as being remarkable because he believed that there could be a new level in his life. Yeah. Hallelujah. Somebody say new levels. New levels. So he believed it and God did it. God did it. God granted him what he requested. I hope y'all underline that on your sheet. God granted him what he requested. Yes, amen. So number two, I started thinking about this. How does a new level really come? Because number two, my next level starts in my attitude and my thinking. Amen. If you have a poor attitude, if you got stinking thinking, you are never going to go to another level. Come on, You're going to stay where you are and you might go backwards because you're going to have whatsoever you say. Yes. The words that you're speaking today are the that you spoke yesterday are the words that you're living today. And the words that you're speaking today, are, that's the life you're going to live tomorrow. Yes. So you got to get your attitude right. you got to have an attitude of gratitude. Mm. you got an attitude of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a strength that's available to me to get me through this. So I'm not going to put my mouth on it and say it's always going to be like this. But I believe that God's going to get me through it, he's going to get me to another place and to another level. Amen. Amen. Praise so God. it starts with my attitude and my thinking. That's where breakthrough starts. Mm. Psalm 19, 14 says, let the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh yes. Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Yes. And then Joshua 1, 8, very familiar passage of scripture, this book of the law, or these promises that God has made us, shall not depart from your mouth. You better keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the promises. But you shall what? Meditate. In other words, get your attitude right by meditating in the word. You shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written. And for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Come on, that next level. Come on, if you want to, how much are you listening to the word? How much are you meditating? You know, seeing yourself in that next level. You know, I put pictures up of myself with the with the, all the women of God I could I could think of that had a voice in the earth. I put my picture on a flyer with it and put it in a big old frame and put it on my wall so I could look at it and say, God, that's the level you have for me. And every time my level presented itself that was not looking like that, in fact, it looked like the very opposite, I would look at that picture and say, but God, you said. Amen. God, you promised me a level that's available to me. So I would meditate in it. I would see my name on the flyer. I would see my picture on the flyer. Until until one day Pastor Bridget asked me to come and preach at the Women Who Win conference, 2013, yes. Yes. and there was my cute self right on the fire with Bishop Hilliard and Pastor, uh, Pastor Bridget Hilliard. Glory to God. It came to pass because I meditated on it. I had this success, and God's not through yet because there's still some other people on that fire I hadn't preached with yet. Come on now. Amen. Come on now. But as I meditate in it, as I keep my attitude believing that God can, and not just that he can, I believe that he will. He will. Glory to God. Amen. Number three, the way we think has everything to do with how we will respond to difficulty. Amen. The way we think. See, if you're not thinking right, you're not going to get there. Right. I heard about a guy who was in the unemployment office. Not a fun place to be. He was in the unemployment office and saw this on the wall. I'm going to read it to you. Says the longer I live, this this was written by Charles Swindoll. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Say attitude, y'all. Attitude. Attitude to me is more than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string that we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. Yes. If you can keep an attitude of faith, and I've always heard that your attitude affects your altitude. Harry's um, uh, learning to fly, and you probably already learned this part. He just had his first flight last week. Last week he flew for the first. He just started taking flying lessons, and he just went up in a plane this last week to fly. Mm -hmm. I'm like, they don't waste any time. (laughs) So in an airplane... The attitude is the direction that the plane is, but the attitude is down, the plane's going to go what? If the attitude of the plane is up, then the plane is going to go up, right? So that's the same way it is with us. If your attitude is down, which way are you going? If your attitude is up, which way are you going? So you've got to be thinking, I can. You've got to have a good attitude. Amen. Amen. So Paul had a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it was, but it was something less than perfect. 
Um, he didn't like it. He wanted God to remove it from his life. And God spoke to him. He, he prayed three times. God, let this let this thing pass for me, whatever it is. He said, I prayed three times that it would be gone. But then the Lord spoke to him. He said, no, Paul, I want you to change your attitude towards it. Second mm. Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. He says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Has Paul's attitude changed yes, from taking us away from mm-hmm. I take pleasure in infirmities. Mm-hmm. Gets sick and says, oh, goody. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. In reproaches. In needs. In persecutions. He takes pleasure in persecutions. In distresses. For Christ's sake. For when I am weak. Then am I strong. Look how he changed his attitude around. Mm -hmm. He changed himself so much. There is a grace from God to overcome difficulties, and it starts with your attitude. It starts with choosing. I'm going to overcome this. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that was in uh, 2 Corinthians, but by chapter 26 in Acts, Paul's got it down. Look at Acts 26 too. He says, I think myself happy. Amen. Because he had a right attitude, he turned it into a soul winning opportunity. King Agrippa said, Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. <laughs> I'm almost persuaded. So Christ God, he turned that situation where he was in prison and he had to go and stand before King Agrippa. I mean, he could be get your head chopped off. If he, if he just decides he's having a bad day, he stood up and said, I think, I think myself happy. I'm so glad I get to talk to you today, King Agrippa. Amen. Let me tell you some stuff. And he began to share his life with him. He turned it into a soul-winning opportunity. If I die, I die. But I'm going to take this last minute to glorify God. Amen. Woo, started with a good attitude. Mm-hmm. Psalm 34.1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Wait a minute. At all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall, shall continuously be in, be in my mouth. But see, yes. that takes an attitude of praise. Yes. An attitude of, of thanksgiving. An attitude of gratefulness towards God. Uh, David said, I would have lost heart if I had not believed I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So he had to he had to keep believing that he'd see the goodness of God while he's in the land of the living. Because David went through some stuff. So he, he had to have a good attitude. I remember when I stood by my mom's casket and I thought, this is not my favorite day. I don't understand this day. I don't like this day. She's only 62 years old. And died in her bed by herself. Mm. And we found her. It was a sad day. But I put my hand on her casket and I said, this is the day the Lord has made. Yes. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes. Not glad mom is gone, but this is God pinned this day. Mm-hmm. So here I stand in this day. I rejoice and be glad in this day. It depends. You can go through a season and through situations in life that are distasteful, that we don't like, because you have a right attitude. God, I don't get this, but I trust you. Amen. With all my heart, with all my soul, I trust you, God. Ooh, I've had to say that more times than I wanted to. Number four, it's with an attitude of gratitude that we enter into the gates of his presence. With an attitude of gratitude that we enter into the gates of his presence. Psalm 100, verse 4 through 5. It says, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. praise. Be thankful to him. And bless his name. So I, I enter into the very courts of God, into the gates of God, into his, right into his presence.
presence, when I adopt a thankful uh, heart that's full of gratitude towards God, I enter into his presence. Amen? Amen. Look, number five, praise is my opening statement in God's courtroom. Yes, amen. <laughs> praise God. Wow. I like that. Amen. The courts, enter into his courts with praise. Mm -hmm. I'm coming in rejoicing because I know I got a good case. Come on now. My case is founded on the word of God. Yes. And you know in a courtroom you can cite a case. Yes. Oh God, you gave Paul the, the grace to go through his thorn in the thrust or flesh or whatever he was going through. So God, I come in praising you know and I can cite the case. Amen. You did it for Paul, you're going to give me the same grace because you can't give it. God's no respecter of persons. He can't love, he can't love Paul more than he loves me. He can't give him more than he's willing to give me. So I can go into the courts of God and look what he says. He says, Isaiah 41, 21. He says, present your case, says the Lord. Set forth your arguments. So sometimes when we go into prayer, we go in like we got to remind God. we got to go in like we're presenting our case before the Lord. Isaiah 43, 26. He says, put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case. But going in, the, the entering into the court, your opening statement is what? Praise. Praise. And praise comes out of a grateful heart. You can't praise out of an ungrateful heart. You just try. Keep the door closed. You can't do it. Lord, I'm grateful. You say, I don't have anything to be grateful for. Yes, you do. You're alive. Some people, like Tamar said, some people didn't make it out of the stuff you made it out of. Yes. I should never, I should, I should have been killed just driving drunk. Yes. Years ago, say years ago. Years ago. Sally didn't get drunk last week. I'm not going to get that out your mind. Years ago, UBC, before Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Drive home with one eye covered up so I see just one road. Is that the problem? Wrong, wrong, wrong. Some people didn't make it home from a drunk drive at night. Amen. Come on. Come on, Pastor. But I made it. I made it. Amen? Amen. There's some stuff you made it out of. You should have never made it. He had mercy on you. When other people didn't get that mercy, didn't get that grace. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's good. He's a good God. So state your case. So I began to think about this, y'all. It happened on the prayer call earlier this week about how our attitude and our actions here affect the atmosphere and the courts of heaven. You know, I opened up, I say, the veil of the flesh. But just on the other side of the veil of the flesh, there are things that I do on this side of the veil that causes things to change in the atmosphere of the invisible realm. I cause heaven to change and shift with things that I do here on the earth. So affecting the atmosphere of heaven, number two, number one is worship. My worship affects heaven. My worship comes up before God. It, it comes up uh, an aroma before God. It scents the, the, the atmosphere of heaven. Look at, look at John 4, 23 through 24. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24, God is spirit. He's on the other side of that veil. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. See, he's looking for a worshiper. He's looking for a worshiper. So when we really worship in spirit and in truth, I mean, this, we are speaking spirits living in a body. We're created in this image and in his likeness. I'm made just like God. And my body is just a picture of the person that's on the inside here. 
the real person. It's like if you put your hand in a glove. The glove is animated as long as the hand is in it, right? You take the hand out, and it's just a glove. It's nothing there. You and me are the real thing on the inside of this flesh. And so we are speaking spirits that will live forever. And he lets us choose where. But when we worship him on this side of the flesh, it is in the flesh, something happens over in the spirit realm. God is glorified. The halls of heaven are filled with our praise, filled with our voices. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Lift up your voice and sing to him. He loves it. You don't have to sing to worship. You can just stand and say, Lord, I worship you. doesn't have to always be singing. Lord, I just want you to know I worship you. Nobody else gets the worship that I give you. Nobody else gets the praise that I give you. There is a part of me that is reserved just for you, God. And I worship him. It bless him. He's seeking. He desires worship, so he draws on it. He draws on those words that come out of your mouth. He draws on it. God loves it. It happens in the spirit realm. The second thing that, that changes the atmosphere of heaven is our prayers. When we pray, it changes the atmosphere of heaven. Revelation 8, 3 through 4. It says, Then another angel having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints. Upon the golden offer, altar, which was before the throne, verse 4, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hands. So look at how the incense of heaven is mixed with the prayers of saints. Yeah. See, that that's happening in the spirit realm where God is. Our worship, our prayers are mixed to become incense in the courts of heaven. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. So don't ever think, this is not getting past the ceiling. It's not getting past right here. On the other side of this flesh, in the spirit realm, God hears every single word. Amen. He hears every word, and, and especially those secret place prayers when you're by yourself. It says, pray to your Father who's in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret, he sees you there, will reward you openly. Hallelujah. All right? Another thing that changes and affects the atmosphere of heaven, number three, is speaking the word. When I speak the word, angels respond. Angels respond. Okay. We good? Um, the smell. Okay. Can we close that door? Well, can we do the front door then? Well, no, because the street is so loud. We'll that was okay. We'll, we'll, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Just leave it. It's not going to affect what's over here. But I, I guess that's not too loud. I can close that and No, the okay. front is way too loud. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Let's let everybody get settled again, and then I'll, I'll start preaching again. Let's let everybody get settled. Okay. All right, here we go. All right, so the third thing that, that affects the atmosphere of heaven is speaking the word. Angels respond when I speak the word. Psalm 103 verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. So angels go to work for me when I speak his word. We mobilize the heavenly host, the heavenly host, all those hundred million that we just talked about and thousands upon thousands. They go to work. The heavenly host, you got an army. Every one of us has got an army of angels that go to work for us when we begin. They're fighting in the spirit realm to bring your breakthrough to pass, to bring
know, does anybody have the Alexa or the Google, the Google thing? When, when you talk to it, it responds. It's kind of like when you speak the word, it's like when, when you say Alexa, it lights up. Like it's listening. So it's like when you begin to speak God's word, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The angels are like, that's Bible. And, and you know, when Jesus was praying, when, he's, when he was uh, sweating great drops of blood, and he's like, let this cup pass from me. And he prayed, and he prayed, and he pressed in, and he prayed. It says that after he got finished praying, angels came and ministered to him. Amen. Angels came and ministered to him. So angels come to minister strength to you. They come to when you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a strength that the angels are able to bring to you that you didn't have before. That's what they do. They minister to you. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you hear the sound, when, when David was, was fighting a battle, uh, God told him, he said, when you hear the sound of marching in the mulberry trees above you, he said, There's an, when you hear the sound of footsteps yeah. in the trees yeah. marching, you know that's when you go out after him. Amen? Amen? There's a heavenly army ready to work for us. When we bind and loose, things happen. Mm-hmm. He says, when we bind, whatever you bind on earth must be what is, every, what is already bound in the heavenlies. It's already got to agree with his word. But when you speak it, it's bound. Yes. And when you loose it, it's loose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's bound in the heavenly realm. So binding and loosing changes what's happening in the spirit realm. Every every breakthrough that you need, you have the right to loose it. Amen? Yes. You have the right to bind every every demonic force that's holding back what's happening to happening in your life. All right? Um, speaking with authority. You know, when you know who you are, when you know who you are, and you know that you have authority. See, the Bible says that we've been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Yes. Far above principalities and powers. Yes. So we're seated with Christ, with the same authority. He's given us his name to use, yes. his blood to use. We have the right to speak to things with authority. And I say to you, no, in Jesus' name. Yes. Or I say, I call you forth now. But, you know, the north, south, east, and west, I declare finances are coming to me in Jesus' name. You have the right to call things forth. Amen. So, but you got to know who you are. I remember when I lived down a dirt road. Come on. Oh, my God. On. I lived down this dirt road, and uh, it was it was 20 acres from the front to the back. And and I could not, I had a blazer, and my blazer couldn't even make it to the back, Lord. Not even a blazer could make it to the back. I had to park my blazer at the front, take my shoes off, put on my water boots, and, and walk to the back of the, of the property. It was pitiful. It was pitiful, and I'd cry. Oh, God, you see. How much I love you, Lord, you see. Oh, my God. I don't know. All the way back there, stickers, mud. If it was raining, I had to hold an umbrella, hold all my Bibles, because I took three with me everywhere that I went, just in case God spoke a word to me. You couldn't just look it up on your phone back then. You had to have the book. So as I, I, I did that for, I don't know, a couple of years. We already had the money in the bank to build the road. But it was too muddy. It was a year that it, that it rained and rained and rained. And, and they said, we can't do it because there's just too much water. Too much water. And so I whined and cried for a season mm-hmm. until I had had enough. Come on. And when I had had enough, I stopped on my way to work and I stopped and I pointed to that road and I said, road, I command you to be put in in Jesus' name. Amen. The next morning, somebody said the next morning. The next morning. See, things began to shift in the spirit realm. And on that side where you can't see, when I said road beat, things started coming together. And the next morning, I heard the roar of this noise outside. I'm like, what is that? They had brought water pumps out and were pumping. 
the heavenly realm. And then number four, something that changed the heavenly realm is our giving. Our giving perfumes the presence of God and unlocks supply. <clears throat> Philippians 4, 18 through 20. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. Uh, so, so Paul received an, an, uh, an offering from the Philippians. He received an offering. Do y'all see that? Yeah. He said, I'm full, having received the, the stuff you sent to me. While he's out preaching the word, they sent an offering to him. He says, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory on that other side in that realm by Christ Jesus. On the other side of the veil, there's plenty of supply. Amen. Plenty of supply. But look what unlocks it. It's that sweet, sweet it, the, the aroma comes up before God, an acceptable sacrifice when we give into the kingdom of God. And it, it releases that supply to come to us. Then Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter to his gates with thanksgiving. And when you read it in the Amplified, it says, Enter to his gates with thanksgiving and a thank offering. Yes. <clears throat> See, that's why sometimes you need more than one Bible. Yes. Because the Amplified version opens up the meaning so much more so you really understand what those root words mean there. Mm -hmm. So he says, Enter to his thanksgiving, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And a thank offering. So don't just come and say thank you, but bring a thank offering. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful and say so to him. Bless and affectionately praise his name. Yes. Hallelujah. And here's another thing that, that affects the heavenly realm. Number five is soul saved. When somebody gets saved, yes. when somebody gives their heart to Jesus, See, that's why we got to focus on our purpose. Yes. Our focus is to get more people into the kingdom of God. That's why God didn't knock us in the head and take us to heaven as soon as we said yes to Jesus. Amen. He left us here because he's got purpose. He's got destiny for us to turn around and reach and give it to someone else. I thank God that when I came into the kingdom almost 25 years ago, that people were still there handing the gospel off to my generation. Amen. Praise God. So we have a duty to stand where we are, Gene, and turn around and give it to the next generation. Amen? Amen. Amen. So that's that's, that's what we're doing. It's about souls being saved. Luke 15, 7 says, I say to you that likewise, there will be more what? Joy. Joy in heaven. One scripture says there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Mm. So every time one person gives their heart to Jesus, look what happens. Heaven breaks out with joy. Amen? Amen. So heaven rejoices when a person returns to God. All right, so that's why we've set aside a day to worship God with an offering. It shows our determined to fulfill the call of God on our lives, to reach and teach people, to build out a place for God, to send people to learn his word. This is going to be a place of empowerment, a yes. place where people are going to be empowered to live the life that God, the next level life. Yes. People will be empowered for a next level life here. Yes. About more than just what we're going to do across the pulpit. We're going to teach people. I'm, I'm going to be talking to people to come in and share their testimonies with you about how they did it. How they got success in their lives. Amen. Yes. All right. So let's look at number three. Motivational affection and giving, which is what we're about to do. Praise God. Praise I'm so God. excited about this. So we read in scripture that wherever they were building the house of God, Moses built the tabernacle. And David gathered material to build the temple that Solomon would build his son. In both cases... God had them to call the people of God together and take an offering from among them. Have the people of God bring an offering. He, that, back then, 
they didn't bring money, but they brought materials. They brought thread, they brought goat's hair, they brought ram skin, skins dyed red, they brought you know, um, gold and silver and bronze for all the things that were made. The Ark of the Covenant was a wooden acacia wood box covered with pure gold. So they needed things to build it like God wanted it, so the people brought the materials to build the house of God. Come on, y'all say amen. Amen. All right, don't make me plow so hard this morning. Stick with me, stick with me. I know I know, everybody's trying not to get high on this spell, but stick with me, I'm almost done, amen? Amen. Stick with me. So then, then when David got ready to build the temple, um, when, when David was ready to build the temple, um, he took an offering from the people. He had the people. The first thing David did when he stepped up as the leader and he gave his offering and he told what he gave from his own special treasure. I've given above, above and beyond from my own special treasure. I have given to uh, support the house of God, to build the house of God. And look, look what it says in 1 Chronicles 29, 3. It says, because I've set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I've prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. Now look, 1 Chronicles 29, 5. He said, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? And then we know what happens. It consecrate means to fill his hands to the Lord. Who then is willing to fill his hands and come in and, and, and support and, help build the house of God. Who's willing to do that? So when he did this, he stepped up and he gave. And then all the leaders stepped up and it told what they gave. It was public giving. Amen. You say, well, Pastor Sally, you're not supposed to let your left hand know what your right hand's doing when you give. No, that's when you give it to the poor. We're not giving to the poor. We're giving to God to build yeah. the house of God. And we motivate, we motivate one another with our giving. Amen? Amen? And so then the leaders stepped up. And after the leaders stepped up, the individuals, every individual stepped up and they all gave. Amen? Amen. All right. So everybody sees how that works. All right. John uh, 12, 3. We saw another, another example of public giving. When Mary gave, she gave a very, she gave a costly um, offering. John 12, 3. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. And then three times a year, God asked the children of Israel to come and bring an offering, a public offering. Bring it and set it at the and set the basket there. Every year it was a public offering. Say public offering. Public offering. Deuteronomy 26, 2, and then 10 and 11. It says, Take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land, that the Lord your God has given you, and put it in the basket, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. Hallelujah. Another form of very public giving. We talked about it last week. And I'll close with this. Is the offering that God, when God got ready to offer, he offered Jesus publicly. Yes. Jesus didn't die and hang on a cross in a back room or a back alley somewhere. But he was on a, a hill called Calvary. He, they, they hung him wide. They stretched him wide and hung him high. Amen. Amen. He hung there naked publicly for you and me. Carrying our sins and our sorrows. Hallelujah. So it was public giving. Don't play no funeral music. Cut the funeral music off. This is a time of rejoicing. Yes. Kevin's Kevin, Kevin, all right. Kevin's, I got his feelings hurt right there. I, I, this, is a, this is a time of rejoicing. I don't want it to be a down, sad kind of thing. This is a happy time. Amen? So when Jesus died for us, it was public giving, right? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So that was a, somebody say a public offering. A 
tripping because we're getting ready to take a public offering. Amen. Amen. It's scriptural. I proved it to you from scripture right there. Hallelujah. All right. So what we're getting ready to do is let's receive our, our regular tithes and offerings. Okay? Because I've explained to you this is giving over and above our regular giving. I've already given mine. I got my check mark. I gave my regular tithes and offerings. So we're going to go ahead and do that, get that out of the way. And then we're going to have each one of you come forward in just a moment to do your special offering. So this is a separate offering from the one that we're taking for God's house. Amen. I'm so sorry about the smell, y'all. Just bring me that. But it's a thousand times better than it was yesterday. If you can believe that. I was frightened yesterday. We even thought about maybe we should go to a hotel today or something, do something different. But I said, by gosh, we got caught. You don't smell anything? Is it bad back there? It's bad. We see you're right on the line of the door. I went in there and came back out. Okay. <laughs> that's why we that's why we closed it up. Jennifer, leave that door open. <laughs> Just leave that door open because there's more of uh, there's more air in there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, so our regular tithes and offerings. This is not our special public giving offering right now. This is our regular tithes and offerings. Okay, ushers, are you ready? All right. This is, hold your offering up as I pray over your, over your regular tithes and offerings. Father, we thank you that, that because we are tithers and givers, we're walking in the tithers' blessing. Lord, you're rebuking the devourer for our sake. Lord, we thank you that as we give, you give back to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We thank you that grace is coming upon our lives, and grace is chasing us down. That supply is chasing us down, because we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All our needs are met. Thank you, Father, that we have a, we have a surplus. We have overflow. We have more than enough, because we give into the kingdom of God. We thank you for more than enough in our own households. And more than enough in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody say amen. amen. All right, happy music.